On this episode of Jet City Hot Takes, is Russell Wilson the favorite for the NFL MVP? And Kyle Allen of the Carolina Panthers is undoubtedly a better quarterback than Cam Newton. Wow. That's hot. (laughs) And Keith hates the Cleveland Browns. I sure do. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to... Who am I kidding? These guys aren't pros. The starting lineup for your Jet City Hot Takes podcast. He's Boston bred. He hates seafood, and he swore to start reading more. So now he watches Netflix with his subtitles on. Corey Dillon. That is next level stupidity. And he's a Northwest native. Doesn't care what you say, Sriracha is overrated. And he sleeps with a Ken Griffey Jr. body pillow. Keith Wayne. Hey, I don't judge. You do you. Just keep it off the field. Jet City Hot Takes. Hot Takes. On to week six. And we're going to go back to Thursday night because that's when the Seahawks took on the Rams. Big game or big win for the Seahawks. Woo! Oh, man. Uh, Did they deserve it? I don't know. Yes. And here's why. I don't know. So this is – there's the whole cliche about how football is a game of inches. Thursday night was a literal game of inches. And not just on the last field goal attempt. Not just on that. On several plays, the touchdown to Lockett, which was the least likely completion in two years in the NFL. What an in- incredible Absolutely throw. Insane. Perfectly placed ball. Incredible catch. I saw you post that meme with the Michael Jackson. Like it was just, <laughs> it was super impressive. Um, pr- probably the catch of the year. I, so I uh, just kind of going back to uh, what was it the Sunday night game that was uh, Chiefs and Colts. Yep. There's a play where Patrick Mahomes rolled out and kind of threw across his body and found a guy for a touchdown. And Chris Collinsworth was like, oh my God, no one else in the NFL can make this play. Name me another quarterback. I'm like, Russell Wilson did that three times on Thursday. What are you talking about? Shut up, Chris. <laughs> like, there were so many plays in this game that were literally decided by inches. That touchdown, uh, there was the play where Jadavian Clowney stripped the ball from Todd Gurley when his knee was about this far off the ground Goff was stopped on a two-point conversion about six inches shy and that Tedrick Thompson uh interception where it just sort of kind of hung on his hand a little bit and never quite touched the ground it was probably about a half inch away from the ground so I mean there were several plays like that it could have gone either way Seattle did win, therefore I say they deserve to win. I think both teams deserve to win that game. I mean, it, it was a great game. It, it was. I mean, Wilson was incredible. Two hundred sixty-eight yards passing, eight different receivers, four different players had you know receiving touchdowns. They deserve to win the game. I'm not going to take it away from them, but they really benefited from that awful roughing the passer call on Clay Matthews. Uh, that he couldn't have played any better, in my opinion, and. You know, it was the first down. They were on the the forty and driving, but to call that play and move the Rams, I mean, move the Seahawks down to the twenty five yard line, just really yeah, helped that, was, that momentum. That was a that was a bad call. I think I think most Seahawks fans will even agree with that one. That was a terrible call. And at the time, it was twenty nine twenty four Rams, less than six minutes ago, and that was just a punch yeah. right to the Rams. And, and and credit to the Seahawks. I mean, they took advantage of it, scored a touchdown on that drive, took the lead. On the flip side of that, if that play, if that is not called roughing the passer, that's a first down. So then it's second and 10. Seattle's still driving. For sure. Does that then, did that penalty give the Rams a chance to have the ball at the end of the game because it cut the yardage down and therefore gave them more time to have the ball at the end? It brought them halfway closer to the to the end zone, down by five with, you know, five and change to go. Yeah. Uh, obviously... They could have drove and scored anyways, but to you know give them a 15-yard penalty on a, on a terrible call, 
I think the the Rams got a little screwed there. They, they, yeah, that was that was probably the worst call of the weekend. And then the um, the defense again, terrible. The, the secondary is really worrying me. Uh, you know, Gerald Everett seven for one thirty six. And that does that doesn't even like paint the whole picture of what Gerald Everett did to that defense because it wasn't like Gerald Everett was going downfield and catching big passes and then getting getting stopped. He was catching checkdowns and just running and just through people. Running all over him. Cup, nine catches, 170, 117 yards with a touchdown. I mean, I, and they have great weapons. I'm not taking I'm not taking that away. But the Seahawks secondary, really, really scary. Like, if there's a glaring weakness on this team, it's the secondary. And I think I think we all knew that going into the season, and it's not that big of a surprise. Yeah, I think but week five and not addressing it is what's... I mean, they could. The, the trade deadline is a couple weeks away. Still uh, we'll, time. We'll see what happens there. Let's get into your uh, top offensive player and top defensive player of the week. Okay, well, I can start with the offensive player because that's obvious, right? Russell Wilson. What? Yeah, I know. 268 yards, 32 rushing yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions again. What he is doing this season is incredible. And uh, a a 151.8 quarterback rating. Yeah, no-brainer. That's literally video game numbers. That's what you do on Madden. <laughs> uh, defensively, this one was harder. I wanted to give it to a guy in the in the front seven because they did do a good job of slowing down Todd Gurley in that running game. But I have to give it to Tedrick Thompson just for that interception. That one play was so huge in the way that game was decided. I think that would uh, it would be a shame not to give it to him after that. Yeah, I mean that was a. Incredible interception! I do. Want, I I am kind of. I'm I'm excited about this Clowney and Anza defensive line. You know, forced fumble by Clowney in that game. It's only a couple weeks in. I I really like what they got going on there too. Yeah, and and Anza wasn't here for training camp, so he's still trying to get his wheels a little bit. I think I've seen some people kind of panic about how they haven't seen enough from Ziggy Anza yet. Give him time. He's only played two games. I agree. I, I like where this is going. And let's continue on with Russell Wilson's performance because the other quarterback that you had just mentioned about that play with Chris Collinsworth, he didn't look so great on Sunday night football. The Chiefs lose to the Colts, and the way the season has gone, do you think that performance by Mahomes and, and the way that Russell has played, does this right now give the edge to Russell Wilson uh, leading the the MVP for the NFL this season? I want to say this up front. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has the most insane arm talent I've ever seen of any quarterback ever. That said, what Russell Wilson is doing this season, here are his stats through five games. 1,409 yards, 12 touchdowns, and a quarterback rating of 126.3. Oh, yeah, and you can add two rushing touchdowns on top of that. So he's accounted for four touchdowns and uh, 14 touchdowns and no turnovers. He's also completing at 73%. Which is second in the league right now, I believe, right? I believe so. And then here's just for comparison, uh, Mahomes' number. Even even with that horrible game, Mahomes, five games, 4-1 and one record, 65% completion uh, percentage, 1,831 yards, Jeez. 11 touchdowns, no interceptions. So even with that really bad game, yeah, it's uh, Mahomes, like they're right there. Um, it just, I don't think Russell has had a game that has he's looked as bad as Mahomes did. Last and to, to be fair to Mahomes, I think they, he started that game really well, and then there was a play where he got his ankle stepped on by one of his offensive linemen, and after that he did not look the same. He was hobbling around. He couldn't run around and make plays like he normally does and, and extend plays to get those deep shots down the field like he likes to. 
Any other MVP so, candidates sticking out to you? Uh, Christian McCaffrey. So that's what, what I, he's. Yeah, he's. Oh my God, we're what on the a, same page. Five games, uh, five hundred eighty-seven uh, rush yards, five point six per attempt with five rushing touchdowns and thirty-one catches, two hundred seventy-nine yards and a touchdown there. So six touch. That guy is playing lights out. I know it's a quarterback-driven league. Uh, he's a weapon. But he might be the most impressive player in the NFL right now. And not for nothing, Carolina has won games. They don't have Cam Newton. They have Kyle Allen in, and and, and, McCra- <laughs> and McCaffrey is just leading them to victory. Uh, I'll say this right now. I think at, at the beginning of the season, I would have said this about Alvin Kamara. But right now, Christian McCaffrey, he might not be the best player in the league. He's up there. like He's top five players for me right now in the league. He is the most versatile offensive player in the NFL. It's it's really impressive to watch him play, and I know you kind of have a feel. Just let's let's turn real quick because I know you have a little bit of a hot take uh, uh, <laughs> with, with the Carolina Panthers since we just mentioned McCaffrey. Uh, what did you say to me earlier? Uh, I said that Kyle Allen is a better quarterback than Cam Newton. Better quarterback. He is a better quarterback than Cam Newton. You have lost your mind. Have I? You have. All right. Here, Cam Newton has lost eight straight games as a starter. He's played two games this season, uh, thrown one pick, no touchdowns. And a completion percentage of 56.2%. Clearly, he's not right. Last season, he, towards the end, was injured, of course. Now it seems like he's injured again, with it, or he's missing games, obviously. But it seems like he didn't start the season off well or healthy. And he looked like garbage. But talent-wise, like, if you put these two quarterbacks, there's no way that Kyle Allen is a better quarterback than Cam Newton. However, if the Panthers continue to win... Right now, Kyle Allen is what three and zero. You want to hear Ky- uh, Kyle Allen's stats? Yes. He started. He's uh, started three games, five touchdowns, no picks, a record of three and zero. And last year, he started a game against the Saints, won that. He's four and zero as a starter, in a stretch where Cam Newton has gone zero and eight. Kyle Allen, I will say this: I don't know when Cam's going to be healthy. Saints, Saints, five more games that he's out, and and Kyle Allen is seven and one. You have to roll. With you Kyle you Allen. have to roll with them. I'm not going to disagree with that. And and then maybe it is the end of Cam's career in in Carolina. He will definitely go somewhere else and play if that was the case. For sure, he is not. Kyle Allen is not a more talented quarterback than Cam Newton. But if he's winning, you you just can't mess with it. I will say a lot of the issues that Cam Newton has are totally fixable with a good quarterback coach. Uh, a lot of it is. M- or his mechanics, his feet aren't right. It's all shoulder. He's not really getting his whole body into the throw. I think that's part of uh, the issues he's having accuracy-wise. Um, I think if he gets that right, he could definitely be a really good quarterback again. But right now, Kyle Allen is playing much better than Cam Newton has recently, and it's a "What have you done for me? What have you done for me lately?" kind of league. So, yeah, it totally is that. And and another thing that drives me nuts about Cam, for some reason, his facial expressions in this, I just hate his face. <laughs> I, it's, I, like, he just looks sad or disappointed. Like, it's just weird. Like, you see him with his big smile when everything's going right, but gosh, when things are going wrong, he just looks miserable. And to, to even, even if you're a teammate of that and seeing that look, even if a bad, and I don't know, it just drives me nuts, his face. I'm sorry. He's got a top five most punchable face for sure. Um, yeah, in I'm going to go there. I'm going to agree <laughs> with you there. Um, let's get back to the, the Seahawks, kind of. Where, where do you kind of rank them in the NFC right now? Uh, in the NFC, uh, I got to have them behind the Saints because they did lose to the Saints. They're both 4-1. and one. Uh, Got them ahead of the Rams because they beat the Rams. So, no, not a real hot take there. The question is, are they better than the 49ers, who are 4-0? and oh. Granted, they haven't really played anyone 
that great yet. So I would say somewhere between New Orleans and the Rams and then the 49ers and Seahawks, you can sort of just put them wherever you want in there. And I guess you'd put the Packers in there, too, in that conversation. Correct. The Packers is another team I was going to say in there. I mean, I have New Orleans as number one. I think that them just winning with T- Teddy Bridgewater and keeping their team afloat and playing really well when Breeze comes back, it's it's like, look out. And then, yeah, I have the Hawks at two over the 49ers just because their strength of schedule. They have not played anybody that tough. They are going to be playing the Rams this weekend, uh, so maybe we'll see what they're really made of there. And then I have Green Bay right like neck and neck. With I, I, I just decided on a ranking. All right, uh, New Orleans one, Seattle two, Green Bay three because they have that win at Dallas, 49ers four, Rams 4A. Four and then whoever wins yeah, I was that gonna say, game whoever wins four. that game is going to take the fourth spot, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> let's talk about, so let's talk about this upcoming weekend. The Seahawks um, going on the road to Cleveland, who looked great. I'm just kidding. Yeah, looked they're fantastic. Horrible man. in San Francisco Monday Night Football. Yeah, how do you see this one going? I've got some thoughts on the Browns, man. They were the most undeservedly hyped team I have ever seen in my entire life. They're a season away from going 0 16. They went what? Seven, eight, and one last year, or six, mm-hmm. nine, right, and right one. Around there, yeah, something like that. And all of a sudden, you have pundits and quote unquote experts saying, "Oh, this is a Super Bowl team with that amount of talent." Yeah, the talent's there, but they are young, they are immature, they are inconsistent. We've seen it. If you hit, if you hit a couple big plays on them early on, or if you just start to wear them down, they fold. They just give up. It happened against Tennessee, and it happened against the Niners on Monday night. Now they got to go into a game against Seattle, who will punch you in the mouth with Chris Carson, a front seven on defense that is going to fly around and make plays, and a quarterback in Russell Wilson, who we know what he can do. There's no way they're not giving up a couple big plays early on in this game. They're going to deflate. You First off, don't use that term. Secondly, <laughs> secondly so you watch how close this game is. I don't know why, and I, I, I can't tell you why. It's just going to be a close game. It's just going to happen. There is so much. This is a game for me. This is one of these trap games where on Monday Night Football, the national spotlight, Cleveland looked, I don't know if they could have looked worse. I think they had four turnovers. They had like three turnovers in the first three possessions. or It was just a horrible, horrible yeah, look for them. Terrible. And And then the Seahawks, you know, had such an adrenaline rush, awesome, crazy game, came out on top against a high ranking opponent in the Rams. Now they're going to Cleveland. They should steamroll, and they're not going to. I would. I would mostly agree with you if the Seahawks had played that game on Sunday. But they played it on Thursday. They got a few extra days to rest and decompress. So now the Browns not only have to... They just played a Monday night game against a team that was coming off a bye and was rested. That, I think, contributed to a lot of it. Now they have to go home and play in a short week against a team that has 10 days rest. And watch how close the game is. And Seahawks games do tend to be close. I, w- I will give you that. I think... If the Browns are going to get destroyed, I would not be surprised at all this game. I mean, either, but for some reason, I just I, I think it's going to be close. There's all this negativity, and it, like I said, it was such a bad game for them, such a great game for the Seahawks, that for some reason, this week it'll flip-flop, and it'll be unexplainable. I think the Seahawks will still win. It's just going to be um, not as pretty as we think it will be. Well, Seahawks are be. good at winning ugly. <laughs> we know that much. <laughs> um only two remain. Only two undefeated teams remain. You know I have to bring this up because I want to say the Patriots are undefeated, and that makes me feel good. The other team is the 49ers. I just think it's funny that um, 
you know, it's Brady, it's Jimmy G, two quarterbacks from the Patriots system, undefeated. Brissett just won yeah, and beat just Kansas, won in City. Kansas City. Uh, something is in New England with these quarterbacks. You know, I would say it probably has more to do with the coaching in two of those instances. Obviously, Belichick, an amazing coach, but Brady is obviously the best quarterback ever to play the game. I will say that. I'll give that to you. Now you have me on record saying it, so you're welcome. <laughs> this is why I brought this conversation up. I just needed to hear that. <laughs> I needed to hear that from you. Uh, but uh, Kyle Shanahan, a great offensive mind, they got that running game going down in San Francisco on Monday night yes, for sure. Did. And uh, the running game for the Colts against the Chiefs was also a big contributor to that. So a lot of it is scheme and coaching. Obviously, I think Garoppolo and Brissett are are really good quarterbacks. I don't think that they're, especially Brissett, I think is really underrated. I think a lot of people panicked with the Colts when Luck said he was retiring. Yeah, they changed it. Now they're three and two in the top of the division or tied for, yeah, I think, they're with tied Houston with the Texans. Yeah. I don't know. I still think Houston should win that division, but the Colts are going to be right there, which is, you know, from the beginning of the, from that day of my fantasy football draft when <laughs> Andrew Luck retired and shocked the world and everybody thought the Colts were falling down, Jacoby Brissett has not looked bad and, uh, it's going to make that AFC South division interesting to watch as the season plays out. Yeah, um, and I I've always liked Brissett. He's a he seems like a guy who just busts his butt every single week, and he's always prepared. He doesn't make mistakes. He puts the ball in the hands of the right people at the right times in the right places. That's all you really want from a quarterback, really. It sounds familiar. Yeah, I don't know where I wonder, I've seen where, that I wonder where he learned that from. Uh, probably every good quarterback <laughs> ever. <laughs> let's get a uh, let's get. Um, I want your take on this because. Although there wasn't much of a game in San Francisco yesterday, handshake gate. Oh, you the uh, lovely Richard Sherman stirring up some drama. You just want me to rip on Richard Sherman, right? Yeah, That's I need to see want. that too. I, I mean, I got you to tell me how great Tom Brady was in this episode. Now I need you to tell me how terrible of a human being Richard Sherman is. Because I mean, I hate him naturally, just because, or not hate him, hate him. <laughs> I just don't, I just don't like him as a player because of that. You know, you mad, bro? You mad, bro? In Tom Brady's face, you know. I think you got back at us a couple years after that. Yeah, I think, I think so it's too. Fair. But so, the, and, and it's fun. But he brought up this whole thing, and it, it would have been cool before I saw the video. I was like, oh. This is actually kind of cool. Sherman got a little mad because Baker didn't shake his hand at the opening coin toss, and then he was fired up and got an interception on the second drive of the game, I think, for for them. It's like, cool, like, yeah, like, you're not too cool for school, like, respect the game type thing. A, Richard Sherman seven years ago when he did that to Brady, I think it was in 2012. Yeah. It was uh, Russell Wilson's rookie He was a young, dumb player just like Baker is now, right? So, it's just part of what players do and I, and I don't think it's just an NFL just in life when you're younger when you when you're seven years no, younger than what you are right now yeah I was an idiot you're dumb that's what you do <laughs> and it was like cool like maybe Sherman has kind of grown up a little bit uh now he's kind of playing the, the elder role and he's like oh Baker should have shook my hand but I it motivated me I got that interception then I see the video today and Baker shook his hand yeah there's a this is something Richard Sherman has always kind of done not necessarily this but he's always just found a way to put a chip on his shoulder no matter what that's how he motivates himself and that's probably why he's such a good player he always puts something out there or has something said to him that puts a chip on his shoulder and he just gets pissed about it and then goes and becomes one of the best corners in the game which i don't know if he's still that 
We'll I, see. I don't even mind. Fine, use self motivation, but at least at least make it on something that was factual. Yeah, this Wait, one not uh, the best look for Richard Sherman. Uh, most most of the time, I would agree with Richard Sherman. He's usually just kind of the one that responds to things. And then this one, he yeah, bad look, bad look, Richard Sherman. I still love you though, even though you're a Niner. You know, I met him last year in West Seattle. Did you? It was right before the Super Bowl, and I said, "Who do you want to win the Super Bowl? The Patriots or the Rams?" He goes neither, <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> that's the that's the right answer. Good, yeah. That's good, the good answer. answer. I just wanted to see if I can get him. You know, I, I was getting it filmed, and I was like, "Oh, if he says the Patriots, that would be funny." <laughs> because as a Seahawk, I mean, or you know, playing for the Seahawks, and then losing to the Patriots, and like, do you really root for the Rams when they're a division opponent? First off, as a 49er, the Rams are still a divisional opponent. They were a divisional opponent when he was here, but then you also played the Patriots in the Super Bowl. I was curious if he would say anything, but he intelligently responded yeah and and uh, so many players are friends with each other even though they're on different teams across the country they all know each other so i don't know if he'd really want to create that sort of bulletin board material like hey look richard sherman doesn't like you so yeah. let's go show everyone that well that it's, it's clear he doesn't like baker mayfield so a lot of people don't like baker mayfield <laughs> <laughs> all right let's get to some uh some fantasy plays some uh, fantasy football Nick plays Bosa, by the way <laughs> um yeah, fantasy football. Let's get to fantasy football. I know I'm trying to think of things I said last week. I know I said um, Auden Tate from Cincinnati. Yeah, he caught a touchdown, he right? caught a touchdown pass. I said Kirk Cousins. He had a game. Finally. Against the Giants. My point for saying stardom. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. I said um, start Will Disley. He had 81 yards, so yeah, not bad. Uh, I said to start Jacoby Brissett. Eh, not the best. He did have a rushing touchdown, but, you know, not the best. And I also said to start Jimmy Garoppolo against the Browns. And I said to sit Josh Jacobs, and that blew up in my face. Yeah, that's the one thing I didn't <laughs> listen to you on, and thankfully, because he scored me 30.30 points in that league. So uh. <laughs> I do want to give a, a quick thank you to Will Fuller, by the way. I made a last-second decision to start him, and whoo Can we talk? I mean, paid off. before we even get to ours, what some, I, I don't think I've ever seen a, a week like this in fantasy football. I mean, Deshaun Watson threw for five touchdowns and 400-something yards. Russell Wilson, obviously, was incredible. Will Fuller, ridiculous. Michael Thomas. Thomas, ridiculous. Amari Cooper had over 200 yards and a touchdown against the Packers. Insane. Also started him in a PPR league, by the way. insane week of fantasy football. So let's get to some stuff that's going to happen this week. Uh, what do you got for me? Anything? I, I got a couple uh, players you should you should pick. I got uh, Arizona wide receiver Keyshawn Johnson. No, not that Keyshawn Johnson. A rookie. Keyshawn. Uh, he's playing against Atlanta, and Atlanta's defense just got destroyed by the Texans. We were just kind of talking about that. And he's also Kyler Murray's favorite target. I think Keyshawn Johnson could have a pretty good, pretty big game. And uh, we were also just talking about this guy. Start Kyle Allen if you need a quarterback. That Buccaneers defense gives up a lot of yardage to opposing quarterbacks. Over 300 yards a game. So Kyle Allen, I think a pretty safe bet could get you a decent amount of yardage and a couple touchdowns. All right. Some things I'm going to talk about, and I'm happy about this one. Cortland Sutton, uh, I think he is become a legit number one receiver in Denver, yeah. which hurts Manny Sanders' value, but Cortland Sutton, I do like a lot. Um, He's a big guy. And man. I'm happy. I made a trade for him. I traded Steph, not last the week before last week, Stephon Diggs, and I got I traded away Stephon Diggs and got Cortland Sutton and Philip Dorsett. And I know Dorsett just hurt his hamstring, but he was 
uh, he, Tom Brady was targeting him a lot. So yeah. once he comes back from being healthy, I think I win that trade. But we'll see. Sorry, Tom. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Pete, Adrian Peterson, I like this week. If you you know if you have him on your bench and and you have some tough matchups, Peterson uh, matching up against the Dolphins. Well, uh, and uh, their new interim head coach Bill Callahan just said, yeah, I don't think we've been running the ball enough, so uh, I would expect Peterson to get a few touches. Peterson there. I also like Kyler Murray this week. You just went over how terrible the Falcons' defense is. Uh, so especially in a, a daily, I'm assuming Kyler's not that expensive. I haven't looked yet. Uh, but Kyler Murray is somebody I was looking to start in. Uh, Defense-wise, I just picked him up in a couple leagues because I never really stick with one defense. I try to play the matchup game. Dallas's defense was available in a lot of my leagues, and they're playing the Jets. I know it's on the road, but you're still playing the Jets. Yeah. I don't know if Luke Falk is still playing or not. Regardless, it's the Jets. So I, I, I like the Cowboys' D. I think that's a, a smart pick because I saw a stat today. I don't know if these are the, the right numbers, if I'm remembering it correctly, but it was the New York Jets are averaging 13.9 yards per drive. Christian McCaffrey is averaging 15 yards per drive. <laughs> so <laughs> that is wow. The Jets just stink. Eey, that offensive and line, and it makes me happy to doing, say that too. I don't think it would matter if Darnold played behind that offensive line. To be honest with you, Mm-mm. they're not going anywhere. Can't wait to see uh, Jets versus Dolphins two times this year. Yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be great. <laughs> uh, and then I have one more to pick, like uh, a pickup, and even a start this week. Um, I know the Dolphins are on a bye, but the previous two weeks, Preston Williams led Miami in targets. It, it seems like he is clearly Josh Rosen's favorite receiver to go to. It is the Dolphins, and they suck, but. He, I think he got 12 targets they in his last game. they got to give the ball to someone, right? Right, so <laughs> it's, it's going somewhere. Uh, I, I don't like the any of the rushing game there because they're going to have to pass. If Rosen is passing, it seems to be to Preston Williams. Uh, he's been av- He was available in almost all of my leagues, and not many people have picked him up yet. Get ahead of the curb. Pick him up and stash. Even if you don't want to start him this week, just stash him. I'm telling you he's going to get targets from Rosen. That's a good call. Here we go. Fake football to real football again. Week six. Let me recap week five, actually, before we get there. Clearly, you took offense to me calling you the Eli Manning of football picks because (laughs) (laughs) up to week four, you were dead even, uh, eight and eight overall. And like I said, Eli Manning's career, he's 116 and 116, just straight 500. You went three and one over over week five. I went one and three. um, So I shouldn't have insulted you with that Uh. Eli comment either clearly because the bad karma came to me so right to, you. to date uh, <laughs> I'm 12 and 8 overall you're 11 and 9 overall sounds to me like and I got the lock right this week I was gonna get there sounds like <laughs> so it, we're, we're barely making money a little bit above 500 lock of the week finally got back on track because you were smart and picked the Patriots and they just blew out the Redskins in the second half anyways that first half was scary uh, lock of the week now you weren't, two, you weren't nervous lock of the week two and three now Let's get up, get that one to the Eli Manning status. All right. I can't and, wait to be Eli Manning this week. <laughs> so we have the week six. We're going to do uh, four games like we always do. Seahawks versus Browns. Browns are plus one at home. Where are you going? Um, going Seahawks. Plus one is almost essentially a pick em. So who do you think is going to win this game? Seahawks, obviously. But Vegas knows something, and that tells me that for some reason it's going to be a close. Obviously, I'm picking the Seahawks as well. Before I even saw this line, I thought for some reason it's going to be close. Vegas is saying it's plus one. That seems like all the money would go on the Seahawks, right? Yeah, you would think why? so, right? Then why is it plus one? I don't get it. Something fishy's going on. Going to be a close game. I'm still going to pick the Seahawks because I'm a sucker, but Vegas knows something. <laughs> it's going to be close. Second game, Lions 
at Packers. Packers minus four and a half. Uh, this one's this one's a little hard to pick, isn't it? It seems like a pretty big spread. It it is pretty big. It's a divisional game. I feel like they they've had tough matchups before against each other. Now the Lions defensively, how are they looking? You think they're uh, up to stopping Aaron Rodgers along with a rushing attack with Aaron Jones? That looks that looks pretty scary. Well, Devonte Adams isn't really healthy, right? Um, I didn't stop him against the Cowboys. This is true, but did he hurt himself in the, against the Cowboys or do something? Oh, he has his turf toe, doesn't Devontae he? Adams? Yeah. No, he got hurt in the Thursday night game against the Eagles. Okay. And that's... Is it turf toe? Is that what I'm thinking? Yeah, I think it was turf toe. So, I, I don't know how that... That can linger and it's weird. But yeah... He, he's and, listed as questionable. Okay. I don't know if they can stop him. Matt Patricia, it's on you. Good luck. Where are you going with that one? Uh, I like the way Green Bay's defense is looking right now. Obviously, offensively, I think Aaron Jones is turning into a must-start in fantasy leagues if you have him yeah, at no running kidding. back. How many touchdowns did he have last week? Uh, four. Yeah. yeah. Four touchdowns. That was right. a monster. Give me Green Bay, man. I know four and a half is a big spread, but they're at home. I, I got, I, I'm confident in Green Bay. I'm going to take the points. I'm going to say Aaron Jones had four touchdowns last week. He will have zero this week. Lions got to cover four and a half. They might even just win. Ooh, that's, that's and probably the hottest take today. I'm high on the Packers, but uh, it's you know just some of these games. Well, and the, uh, the Lions are coming off a bye too, so that's something to factor in. Next one: Houston at Kansas City. Kansas City favored by five at home. I got to take the points here, man. Especially if if Patrick Mahomes is still hobbled at all. That Chiefs offensive line isn't amazing, and for as for as much as we've ripped the Texans for their stupid managerial moves, they still got JJ Watt. They still got a pretty good front seven. That defense isn't bad, and they can definitely put up points on this Kansas City defense. I don't know if they'll win outright, but they're going to cover five. Totally agree. Um, Houston has a great offense, especially if they're if they continue what they did last week. Granted, it was against the Falcons. Yeah, who have a terrible defense. It was still fifty-three points. Yes, I mean if if they're hitting on all cylinders, Houston has has an offense that could be top-notch. They have great weapons, and Kansas City's defense sucks, sucks. They, they just do. got ran all over by Indy. Right, and it wasn't a high-scoring game, but again, the running game is going to affect that. They lose nineteen. I mean, they give up nineteen to the Colts and lose. Houston is probably going to put up way more than nineteen, and I wouldn't doubt it if Kansas City. Just can't keep up. I mean, I, I honestly think Houston uh, is going to pull off a road victory here. Ooh, you're calling and for the upset here. I am. I think Houston's going to pull it off, and I'm going to obviously take the points there. All right. And our fourth and final game, NFC West matchup. 49ers, the undefeated, beautiful Jimmy G 49ers. You need to calm down. <laughs> He's hot. He's hot. Against the Rams at home. Rams now coming off back-to-back losses. Uh you know what? Minus four is pretty big, isn't it? I hate this so much. I don't want to pick either either of these teams because I hate both of them. And I hate thinking that the Niners might be 5-0. and They're going to cover. Really? Mm-hmm. I don't know if they'll win outright, but they're going to cover four. I can't see it. I can't see it. Back-to-back losses to the Rams. To lose another divisional game would be huge for them. I just think the Rams have to bounce back. Now, granted, it's four points. I think that maybe they win by seven. I think the Rams are going to take it. They they cover their spread. I don't know. It, it's going to be a true test for the Rams. I think this, you know, at losing back-to-back games, that a big undefeated divisional opponent 
they can't lose this game. They can't. I mean, if if they do, they're in a they're in a world of hurt in the race for the NFC West. T- totally, because that puts them three games behind the Niners, right? And, and already with losses to the Seahawks to the Niners, like yeah, it could hurt. It could hurt them. So I think the Rams have to bounce back, and uh, I, I'm going to say they will. I'm still picking the Rams to win this game for the record, but uh, it's going to be a close down to the wire, man. Down to the wire for sure. And now. The moment we've all been waiting for. Keith's lock of the week. What's the game? The game is the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Minnesota Vikings at uh, in Minnesota. Spread. Minnesota is favored by three points at home. Kirk Cousins does not do well against teams with winning records. I am taking the Eagles to not just cover, but win this game outright. They have a pretty good defense. I think the success that you saw from Kirk Cousins on Sunday was mostly because he was playing against the Giants. That Eagles defense is not the Giants defense. It is much nastier, much more physical. They're going to give them problems. Take, take the Eagles and the points. You heard it here. I'm saying take the Eagles, man. Eagles taking the win and or take the points. Probably going to win in Minnesota. Keith's lock of the week. Mm-hmm. That's going to do it for us. Remember, you can listen to me and Keith on the radio here in Seattle on New Country 98.9 The Bull. I'm on every afternoon, 2 to 7. Keith follows me, 7 to midnight. You can always get in touch with us in the studio if you have questions during the week. It's 833-822-BULL. All of our socials, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram are at Jet City Hot Takes. And every single Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific, we release new episodes on Podcast One, Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, and Apple. Apple Music, so whatever platform you want to use, go ahead, give it a listen. Go Bats! (laughs) Get out of here. Go Hawks!